You already know it's Chris Styles, and welcome to my brand new series, 100%, the two-part documentary podcast where we deep dive into the stories, the real documentary style. You know, I had to take away the anonymous a little bit and really get into my investigative journalism bag. You know what I'm saying? I hope y'all enjoy. I work really hard on this project. There's going to be many more to come. Um, I'm just happy that I was able to make this happen. Special shout-out to Stevie Guns. Special shout-out to Bubs. You know, everybody that was in the crib with us that day. That just helped this thing come to fruition. I'm just happy I'm able to be creative again and just happy to get back in my bag and just keep creating for y'all and creating for myself because it's the only thing that I'm inspired by. So I ain't going to hold y'all up for too much longer. Let's get right into it. This is 100%. My name is Chris Styles. Let's get it. 100%. Let's go. Um, my man had told me about you. He, he spoke a while ago. Um, I didn't really know or understand what he was really talking about. But he said, I got this guy for you that um, you're currently in... Prison. Yeah, currently still incarcerated. But we're sitting. We're sitting. We're sitting in, in you know in the town like like jail. Okay, so number it. one, how are you incarcerated but sitting here with me right now? Um, being that I conv- I got convicted of a nonviolent crime, mm. I got the opportunity to apply for work release. Okay, so what exactly is work release? Uh, work release is basically a transition into your community where they offer you the opportunity to come home. Uh, find a job, get acclimated prior to being paroled onto the streets after doing so much time. Okay, so after you serve a certain amount of years, then they're like, ah, right, you know what, this, this person yeah. has been a good... Yeah, uh, they allow you to apply for work release two years prior to your earliest release. Mm-hmm. And um, technically, I was supposed to be home uh, March of 2020. And uh, being that I did my programs, I had no uh, violent tickets... I have a nonviolent offense, which is the main criteria for you to be an applicant. Mm-hmm. Um, this may sound bad, but you've been a stellar inmate. Yeah, no, perfect. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to keep it real with you. I'm not going to say here I was in a yard cutting, stabbing, right. riots. I've been in riots, but I've been on the floor because I'm not trying to get shot from the dudes in the towers. I was in a Max A prison, so shit got real, but it didn't get real with me. I had no fights, it sounds no like, nothing. It sounds like you know... The ins and outs of jail. I definitely do, man. I'm one of many. Nah, let me take that back. One of few that have actually had the opportunity to be on both sides of the fence. So when you say both sides of the fence, you were visiting? No, actually, uh, I became a correction officer, New York City correction officer at Rikers Island. Uh, Wait, what? December, yeah. December of 2010, I got the job to work as a city correction officer. So you were a CO. I was a CEO, yes, for four and a half years. And now you're an inmate. Yes. And now we're sitting in the crib, we're but you're still an inmate. Where, yes, I still have a curfew to abide by. Okay, so, you know, we got to kind of take baby steps because a lot of my listeners is not going to really understand oh, yeah, it's a how, lot to, it's a lot to take you in. know, this works and how you could. So you're, you're in there and um, you know how this thing goes. You're not trying to get shot by the... The yeah, yeah. It's, it, CEOs, it, it was a crazy. It was definitely a crazy transition. Like, um, but wouldn't it? Would you say it was easier being able to uh, be an inmate, knowing? Absolutely, I would say it's fifty fifty. It was a gift and a curse. Mm. I had a lot of, uh, I want to call it prison jail etiquette. 
I knew the do's and the don'ts. A lot of cats come to Rikers Island. They go to upstate prisons and they're blind, literally deaf and blind because they don't know what to expect. They don't know how to move. They do the wrong thing. They say the wrong thing. So mannerisms might tick somebody off and all hell breaks loose. But I had the opportunity to know the do's and the don'ts. I would say the uh, curse about it was, you know, in, in, in a, a person that commits felonies, a, a criminal-minded person, they look at COs as cops. We're cops. We're just cops inside. You know, I'm not running through project housing chasing crackheads or, or you know, dope right. fiends or whatever, right. or drug dealers, but we're cops inside. We're patrolling, you know, a precinct inside, basically, in Rikers Island. Okay. So that was the uh, curse, I would say, because it's like, yo, that dude's still a cop. So how long were you a CEO before you got incarcerated? I was a correction officer from December of 2010 to the summer of 2014. So four years. Yeah, about four years. And how long have you been incarcerated for? I had five years coming up as as an incarcerated. Uh, wow. So yeah. almost almost five years in and five years out. Yeah, pretty much half and half. I uh, started corrections when I was 21 years old. Wow. Yeah, see, so, you yeah. see, uh, the, cor- uh, the correctional officer, traditionally, we see people become correctional officers. It's, it's kind of later in their 20s. Right, right. 21 right. is you know what it significantly is? Uh, young age. Being a correctional, uh, when you apply for that test, nobody wakes up and says, you know what? I can't wait to be a correction officer. Nobody, Hell no. Nobody goes to school. No, I, I went to John Jay. Uh-huh. I didn't graduate, but I went to John Jay. Yeah. I didn't study criminal justice to be a correction officer. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle the job in any sense because it's a, it's a very hard job mentally, emotionally, and physically. It pay well. It does pay well, but the, <laughs> is, that, is that pay worth your sanity? I don't know. Yeah, that. they say the parking lot is full of Benjes and BMWs. Oh, yeah, look, listen, I'll, that, even more than that, yeah. I'll be lying to you now that if I haven't seen a flying spur in that, in that parking lot. Wow. But that, you know what the fucked up thing about that flying spur is? Is Can't that it's parked there it. for 16 hours a day. Oh, shit. Every day. Can't drive it. Okay. So, 21 years old. Yeah, I, be, I I worked in um the airport prior to I was a TSA agent, so oh, I had so a. He was always on the telling people what since to do. I was, well yeah yeah since I was eighteen years old he was I was like telling niggas what to do yeah huh? yeah sadly yeah nah, I'm fucking with you um I was a TSA agent from eighteen to twenty one yeah and while I was in John Jay uh they used to always post up the correction staff used to always post up and hand out the uh the exams one day Duke pulled me over said yo how old are you at that time I was nineteen. He said, yo, why don't you take the exam? I told him, oh, I work for TSA. He's like, oh, I'm kind of good what, where I'm at. <laughs> this, this is what the big bucks are. Uh-huh. And he actually pulled out his pay stub. Mm. And I looked at it. That shit changed my, my how much, outlook. How much was it? I want to say for that bi-weekly check, he made 4200 after what? taxes. After? Yeah. That's a lot of money right now. That's a lot of money. That, That's and 10 mind years you, this ago. Is, this is 2008, 2009. Yeah. So that, I, give me the pen. Yeah, where do, where do I sign up? What do I sign? What do I got to do? And within a year and change, because you obviously you have to be 21 to work the city, uh, uh, work for the city. Um, they called me. Okay, so talk to me about this 21 year old kid, right? Just left TSA. You kind of manifested this thing, right? You saw it. You said, "Okay, I want this to happen." Yeah, I had a plan, and then it happened. Definitely had a plan. Yeah. You get that first check, and now what do you like? Um. I'll be honest with you, that, that first year and a half, the money isn't looking too crazy. Okay. You know? 
And, you got to uh, kind of put your work in. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. With the overtime, you know, you supplement things, but you, you start getting the feel and, and you start having better money management. Mind you, I'm 21 years old. Mm -hmm. I had no kids, so all yeah. that was me. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people talk about, you know, getting stuck um, on the island and, you know, they can't see their family. Right. They can't go right. home. They doing right. 16 that's hours. An advantage, that's an advantage I did have because- At 21, all we want to do is work. All I want to do, I want that money. I okay. want that money. You got eight hours for me, give me that. You put the year and a half in, now you start making some real change. Yeah, start making some changes. I get a set schedule. My okay. first year and a half, I was on the wheel, so I was doing every shift. That means yeah. you're on every shift. One week, you're seven to three. One week, you're three to 11. One week, you're 11 to seven. One week, you're one to nine. But that was okay because the only responsibility I had was literally feeding myself, taking care of myself. Okay, you're putting that work in. All right, so when you go to work on Rikers Island, you do that first year and a half, what is that experience like? Um, Especially for a 21-year-old yeah, kid. It's real hard for you to tell grown men when you just became a grown man yourself mm. what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you're telling grown men when to use a bathroom. You're telling them when they could shower. You're telling them get ready to go to chow, which is go to lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever it is. You're giving them, you know, some sort of like rules and regulations that you're being told by your higher ups to implement. That dynamic is, is sick. I'm a little kid, man. I'm telling grown men what to do. That You got to say it and they got to believe you. Yeah. Mind you, the transition from working in the airport, I'm dealing with tourists, people that yeah. can't. They, they're not going to talk back to me. They're not going to give me that friction. They don't even speak English. Exactly. Just like, oh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They so, just want to get through the, to their flight and that's it. So the dichotomy of that is just like, now you're, now you're just like in a completely opposite end of the spectrum. Absolutely. And you're telling these dudes Absolutely. what to do. What are their responses to you? Suck my dick. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> this is, Yo, this is, this is, I'll <laughs> pop on you right now. Yeah. Let's get it. Mm. I dare you to open, uh, close my cell when I leave it open. Don't walk by me. Because they could see the kid in you. Uh, they could read you. They could read these you. These are they, con artists. They're with these you are for like... eight hours a day, so they're looking at everything. Mm. It came to the point where dudes knew... When not so much on a visual sense, but they knew, yo, you going to the barber shop tomorrow, right? Like they knew when I got my hair because they watching you every oh, second they get. And you know what's special about criminals? I think they they're some of the smartest people. They are. They, they are so are, conniving. Man. Like like my they man right here, dude, this dude is a con artist for real. He's he like probably one of the, is. He's one of the best. Though, he probably like. is. I'm not gonna say his name because I don't even want to say mine. <laughs> we in the fucking <laughs> we in the trap right now. We in the trap. <laughs> I thought this nigga died. All right, so God forbid. So, you know, you see this going on, they wilding on you. Like, how do you how yeah. do you get up? How do you mentally get up and prepare yourself to go for going in there? You literally build up a confidence where they look at it like, all right, he's not gonna take no shit from nobody, but you also gotta be cool. It's like a 50-50 where it's like you know, you could bend the rules to a certain extent, but you're not trying to put yourself in a bad predicament either because this is how you eat, mm. you know? I'm not going to try to lose my job because I'm trying to be super cool, cop. Right, it's right. not It's not like that. There's rules. I'm here to do something. You're here to do something. That's it. But let's 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 have a meeting point and see if we could both be all right. Talk to me about that transition when you go from this little punk yeah, to yeah. Being, a good okay. kid. I was a good kid, man. To, to, I'm not, I to was being like, kid. all right, this 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 dude is kind of cool. Like, all right, you know. Um, conversation. I, I tell everybody this. I'm a conversationalist. 
when yeah. it comes to females, when it comes to anything, I, I just know I could, I'm very transparent. Mm. I could talk to anybody and I'm very versatile. I could talk to you about anything. Mm. And they kind of caught that vibe off me quick. Mm. Yo, you saw the game last night? Yeah, man. Yo, Melo was doing this. Uh, and it's entertainment for them because all they have is that, it's Tom. Yeah. If they're not on the phone, they, they, they trying to do something else. And most of the time it's something negative. Mm -hmm. So if you deter that and you, you make their time go quick, yeah. it, it, it's like a return. It's reciprocated because now they're letting your time go quick by not just doing the right thing, but allowing you to do your job and going home safe. So you... Because sadly, they have the opportunity to, to flip that whole thing around. So you start to make friends. To a certain extent, we're human. You interact with somebody for eight to 16 hours, four days out the week. You know, it's, it's, you become friendly. Did you know anybody that was already like an inmate, maybe from the neighborhood, maybe? Well, I, I ran into a lot of cats that were from Queens, that especially uh, around my way. Um, aside from that, my brother was incarcerated. Your brother was in there? Currently at the same exact time that I started corrections. Oh. Yeah. So does that help? To a certain extent, because like was your you brother don't know, like respected in there. I would say yeah. Did he have a lot of problems yeah. in there? That was the problem. When you have a respect in jail, it's because you're doing the wrong thing. Mm. So it was it was like uh, if somebody said somebody would randomly come up to him, it, it'll be low key. Yo, you such and such, brother. Yeah. Yo, that's my man. This and that. Mm. But that could flip too, because somebody could ask me, Yo, you such and such, brother. I'll finish you and go in. Because he wants to deliver a message, but it, it was more, it was 90% love, definitely. Good. All right. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm acting like we did now. Okay, so you, you're going through all of this, you know, just a kid, 21, 22, 23. Um, you know, your brother's in there. You're kind of getting your name up. Kinda... Yeah, I am. I'm getting a, a I would call it a, a respect. A respect just for being, yo, that's, that's such and such. He, mm -hmm. he cool. Because you will have cats that have just come into different housing areas and say, yo, I'm not doing this, fuck that, I can't live here, blah, 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 I'm ready to go, and you'll have somebody that's more seasoned say, no, 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 chill, that's, that's what's the name, he good money. If anything, if you got to do something, do it before he get here, do it after, don't fuck your shift up. Okay, that's love. It was, mm. it was. So, with you... You you live in this 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 life as a as a kid, man. Definitely as, as a kid, a, a lot of responsibility, man. What was like a culture shock in there that you was just like, wait, okay, I'm in jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> the violence, definitely the violence, man. I never seen so much blood in my life, and it's sad because it's like that. It's a jungle in there, man. It's a jungle in there. Dudes are doing shit just just for a name, just to get their name up, just so you know when they. Uh, go home if they ever do go home or they get on the phone and you know word spreads quick yo you know such and such is wilding in there yo he popped it on such yo he cut this dude was there any particular moment that you you still think back and it's like yo I used to walk back to my car scratching my head man <laughs> I'm serious bro you know how people say like in movies like after committing a crime they got blood on their boots yeah that's real man that's real Thank God it hasn't happened to me, and it didn't happen to me, but that's real. 
And I say hasn't happened because sadly I'm talking to you currently as I'm still an inmate. I'm still state property. Mm-hmm. I still have a inmate ID. Yeah, I, you showed me that. Yeah, man. I've never even seen I'm one still incarcerated. So for me to tell you that it hasn't happened yet don't mean that it won't happen when I go in tonight. Oh, shit. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. All right. So you, you you sit in the car, you scratching your head. Like, what the fuck? What the yeah, I'm asking myself sometimes. You know, I've had good weeks. I've had good days, but I've had bad days and I've had bad weeks. And what brings you back? The money. The Damn. greed. The greed is, is literally money. As cliche as it sounds, money makes the world go round, man. Because after working... For a certain amount of time, you accumulate certain days. You get two, three weeks off, or you get a couple days off. And with that money that you've made, you actually finally get to spend it. Oh, shit. So when it's time to go to trips, when it's time to eat at lavish restaurants, when it's time to go what, shopping. What car you had in the, uh, in the lot? What car you had in the lot? <laughs> <laughs> so um, with you, I'm happy you brought up the greed because... Greed is like, it's like the downfall to any man, right? It does, man. Whether it's women, whether it's money, whether it's drugs. Everything revolves around that, man. Everybody has a purpose to get that, whether they get it legally or illegally. That's the point of of life. That's the point of living. The the key fact is to not take advantage of that or not try to sell your soul for that. Everything within reason, bro. Absolutely. Everything within moderation. We can't. I, I even tell people, too much water will kill you. It does. You fill your lungs up and then you don't wake up the next morning. Um, did you ever have to fight in there as I, a, as a um, CO? Physically? Yeah. Not one-on-one, no. Because you got gang with you. I wouldn't call it that, <laughs> but I would put myself in a predicament to never be in, in that, that predicament. Situation. Yeah, right. You know? So, so we talk about degree. How does degree consume you? Um... Again, once you get that check and you realize how much you've had stashed because you're saving unwillingly. Because again, you, you're there for out of four days that you work. You and just two days you, got you don't off, have the time to spend all that. You don't money. have the time to spend. And when you do, you're going to go in and it feels good. And it's like that's the payback from all the hard work mentally that you've put in because it's more of a mental job than anything. I guess when I said, when I spoke about the greed, I guess I was more so talking about how did that lead to you being incarcerated? Because I'm sure greed had to play a factor. Absolutely. 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 Um, I'm going to keep it real. I was at a point in my life walk where- Walk me through the day. I'm sorry. Not even to cut you off. I don't, I don't traditionally do this. But walk me through the day where you got knocked. Where, um, you, where you knew, all right, I'm about to go to jail. This was my day off. I was off. I know you remember it like it's yesterday. I remember it like it's yesterday. I even know the temperature. <laughs> What's the temperature? It was the day after uh, Father's Day. Okay. This was in June on a Monday, and I was off that Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I was off. So I go to link with my mans who, you know, was also part of the job. He was also a correction officer. And uh, we go to meet this dude that, you know, I, I'm going to backtrack. We're going to go meet with this dude out in uh, Manhattan. And we're supposed to do a drop-off or something. Uh, we go and do this. I link up with this dude. I come out the car. The transaction happens. 
as I walk back to my car, I have a Hertz rental van. No windows, no nothing. Just side stop in front of me. The back door's open. You got three dudes with AK-47s. What? Their, their vest. Their vest says DEA. That's the only reason I knew who they were. I look at my man. What's DEA stand for again? Drug Enforcement Agency. Oh, shit. So this is the feds. This isn't, oh, you know, shit. this is real. I have a duffel bag. This is on some movie shit. This is really on some movie shit. I have a duffel bag full of shit, and I look at my man's over. It felt like it was in slow motion. I have one dude yelling at me, get on the get fucking the ground. ground. Get on get the him. fucking ground. That's when, from my peripherals, I see two more cars. <laughs> Stop. I'm in a parking lot. Of Target on 225th and Broadway. Okay. This is 8 in the morning on a Monday, so there's nobody there. This was all premeditated on their end. Of course. You know? I see the dude I was fucking with come out the car. They dragging him out, but it's all a play. It's all like because he's an undercover. The only ones that aren't part of this whole fucking shit that's shindig that's going on is me and my co-defendant. We both got, you know, drugs on us. God. I drop the bag. I get on the ground. As soon as my knee touches that ground, I got a dude on my back, his knee towards my neck. I had my personal protection firearm on me. I had a Glock 19. He already knew that. Goes straight for it, takes the clip out, hands it to his mans, cuffs me. Takes my belt off, my watch, my chain, uh, anything I had in my pocket. Now, when I actually get up, it's a fucking zoo of just the feds, all feds. That's when I said, this is over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over.